Gina. Life, love and laughter. Ali Bali is a household name. He has been in radio for over 35 years. Host of Scotland's Talking. I have to mention that, of course, every Sunday. Great uh, talk show host as well I'm not just saying that because he is in front of me I'm but it's here. true he's hard hitting he asks keep going for it. he <laughs> asks the questions also I, well, I think it's important I want to share this uh, who you are and what you've done and what you're doing Treasurer past president of the Association of Scottish Motoring Writers I know how passionate you are of course about uh, the motoring world uh, been managing director of various radio stations throughout his years in the business but what a lot of people might not know is that Ali has an amazing passion for talking but talking about being a volunteer for the Scottish charity Air Ambulance. I think it would be fair to say Ali that you don't really talk about it's not something you really talk about on air that's another Occasionally side of I mention life. it where I'm going and things because I think it's interesting and it, well I think it's interesting to me and um, when I've been out to meet people to talk about uh, SCA as we, we, we shorten it to. Uh, when I've been out to talk to people about Sky, then it's nice to give them a little mention as well, particularly those who clock the voice if I'm up there talking, because I don't introduce myself as uh, Ali Bally. You know, I introduce myself as Ali and just leave it. I'm just a volunteer for yeah, SCA. Yeah, because that's what I'm there to do. So I don't actually know the, the story behind this. How? Let's rewind. So how did you get involved with, with SCA? I think getting involved in any medical thing has been me for a while, you know, for many years. I first got into radio by being a patient in hospital. And I was, uh, when I, at a young age, I trained to be a chef uh, when I left school. And when I was working away, I took ill in the hotel I was working in and um, was taken into hospital. And I was in hospital for six months. And this was, you know, a long time ago. Uh, but in the hospital I was in, the Victoria in Kirkcaldy, there was no entertainment. There was nothing, you know, was just in a hospital bed almost every day. And then I got transferred after six months to the Western General in Edinburgh and I discovered hospital radio. And when I got out of hospital, soon after that, I read there was a couple of guys trying to start up uh, a hospital radio station in Kirkcaldy. And I thought, I'd love to get involved with that. So I contacted um, a chap by the name of Richard Park who became famous. No way. Yeah, the, yeah, wow. yeah. Richard and I set up Hospital Radio in Kirkcaldy together. I didn't know and, that. Yeah, there you go. You're learning every I day. I am. I just dropped it Yeah, here. yeah. Um, Richard and his dad owned a pub in Kirkcaldy, uh, the Harbour Bar, and uh, we used to meet in there and get things together. So we set, and, and a couple of others, uh, Colin Johnson, a few others, we set up Hospital Radio in Kirkcaldy. So I got involved in that. And then I moved from with the job that I had, I come out of catering and went into um, shop management. And uh, I ended up as uh, West of Scotland area manager for uh, a group of shops that was called Kyle Wallpapers. And that is now B&Q. And I ended up living in Stewarton and I joined Hospital Radio and East Kilbride. So that sort of that volunteering was still there. So wind forward many, many years. And when um, the, the management role that I was doing with Bauer, who we both work for at the moment, uh, when the, the management role came to an end and, and I wanted to just go into to, back to broadcasting, um, I wanted to do something. And I, I actually stopped doing management and uh, was at home and they'd asked me to do drive time. So one year doing so, I was doing four till seven. So all of a sudden I'd gone from working 13 or 14 hour days to working for three hours, going in at quarter to four and back home by quarter past seven because nobody wanted me in the station. And I didn't want any questions thrown at me on the management level because I wasn't in management. 
So my wife had left me a list of things to do in the house. So after the first couple of weeks, I'd gone through the list, did them all badly so she wouldn't ask me again. Oh, I knew there was yep, a story there. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm reading, and, and sometime before, a, a colleague that I used to work with at, at Radio Tay, uh, Maureen Young, got involved with Scotland's, the startup of Scotland's charity and ambulance. And she said, would you not like to get involved in this? And she still is involved. She's the head of PR and publicity. I said, I would, but I'm, I'm too busy at that time. So I'm reading the paper and there was this little article probably put in by Maureen, which said they were looking for people who could go out and do speaking engagements because they were getting inquiries. Could you send to Rotary, to Women's Guilds, that type of thing? They needed to get the word out there as to who and what SCA was all about. So I said to my wife, Lorraine, I said, oh, SCA looking for speakers, to which she responded, well, you can certainly do that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I approached them and became a volunteer, went through the training, and have since then trained other people to, to go out and do speaking engagements as well. But I, I, I still go out there. I think it's a, a fantastic charity that we should all know about, and, and many people don't, you know. So um, you're right, I go... All over the country. Um, I think the furthest down's been uh, Dumfries, Gretna, Dumfries area, and further up has been Inverness. I know because sometimes I've called you and you say, I'm just heading to a, a church hall or I'm heading to a, an event, you know, whatever it might be. But you go anywhere to, to spread the word. Absolutely, absolutely. Because this is a, a charity that uh, receives no government funding at all um, and does not qualify for lottery funding. So the funding that we get has to come from the public. And every time the air ambulance is called out, it was based at Schoon, just outside Perth. Um, we've got one at the moment, one charity helicopter. There's one, a second one coming. Um, but we've got this one, and every time it's called out, it costs £2,000. On average at the moment, we're going out three times a day. That equates to about £2 million a year. Three times a day? I had no idea. Give yeah. an example for, for what, for example? Road accidents, um, recently uh, up in the mountains, um, heart attacks, transfer of patients. Um, just not that long ago I was there when they were heading up to Aberdeen to pick up a, a three-day-old baby, which was very sick and had to be brought to the um, Sick Kids Hospital in Glasgow. Uh, so you can imagine that in the road ambulance, the time mm. that's going to take, whereas um, the air ambulance is there to get patients who need critical care urgently to hospital. And that's what they do. If you imagine that one of the other ones I always quote is, um, if you take ill on Arran, because we, we go to Arran, take a heart attack on Arran, um, to get from Arran to Cross House Hospital in Kilmarnock by road ambulance, ferry permitting, would be about 120 minutes it takes 15 minutes by air ambulance. Oh, and that's, that's life change. It could be a life change in moment. We all heard that golden hour that we must, plus our paramedics are highly trained. They they carry very sophisticated drugs on board so that they can give um, a lot of attention to people right away and stabilise them and get them to hospital. What kind of reaction do you get from people when you're out and about and you're talking about, you know, SCA, uh, as you say, what's the reaction? Are people shocked? Yes, I think they're, sh they're, they're surprised. There's a lot of surprise that we don't get any government money. Oh, that's fine. You know, you I, just, I'm surprised. Yeah. Completely autonomous and no funding. You've said that. I, th I think the thing for me is, going back to my hospital radio days, I remember um, rattling a can in Kirkcaldy for some money when we were raising money for hospital radio. 
And I got, that should be funded by the health service. And, you know, yes, we could all say that. That should be funded by the government. That should be funded by the health service. But it's not. And they can't do any, everything. So if we actually want a service like this in Scotland, you know, in England, they have 38 charity air ambulances. England, Ireland and Wales, sorry, 38 charity air ambulances. We have one. So, you know, we've a lot of catching up to do. And the pressure on these guys as well must be immense. It is. It's, it's absolutely amazing. An amazing job they do. And I think, therefore, I, for me to go out, whether it to be a church group or whatever, then it's great. And yes, I'm not there to raise money. That's not what I do. I'm a speaker. So I go out and tell the story and leave them with some thoughts if they want to do some fundraising. We get a lot of people who have been rescued uh, going out and doing fundraising, and that's fantastic. And yes, I collect little pockets of money here and there. Um, We need two million, but we will never get to that two million if somebody doesn't donate 50 pence into a can because mm. you just have to, you know, the pound, the pennies make pounds. Look after pennies, yeah, as, my, as my granny would say. So what kind of fundraising events then are organised by people? Oh, jings, there's loads. Um, there was a lady uh, who was out with a walk for her t- with her two dogs and uh, she let the dogs, she was on the beach, let the dogs go running and she thought she just needed to slip down and away she went, but she did slip oh. and she cracked all the bones in her back and the air ambulance had to come and lift her from the beach and she was a long time in hospital. Um, and she ra- she raised, uh, well, I actually went to talk to her um, women's rural group and she wanted us to tell about the air ambulance. And they then said they were planning uh, a coffee morning in the town hall, which was before Christmas. And I said, I'll come up then and um, bring some leaflets up to everybody that's around about there. So I went and spent the morning with them and she raised a lot of money for for SCAF, which is fantastic, you know. So there's that way, there's um, there's the one recently that um, I, I don't want to, to go too deeply into it, but it was one that touched me. I went to a school, I was just asked to go to this school and um, they'd been raising money, they'd had an enterprise class. Now that's where... They set up a business, and if they make money, that money has to go to charity. This is first, second year in secondary school. So the money was going to SCA and to another charity. Would I go along and talk to the class about SCA? So I did. And I asked them, so why did you um, decide on SCA? And they just all went quiet. Nobody said anything. So I carried on, you know, and they wanted to know all about the accidents and the blood and all that type of stuff. I wasn't going to ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, squeamish. No, no, <laughs> um, so I thought, I'll throw this in again, you know, try again. You know me, don't give up. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I went back and I said, so you didn't tell me why. And uh, nah, doesn't get anything. So at the end of it, the teacher said, now, can I have two volunteers to show Ali out? Um, so I said, fine. So this little girl and boy um, take me out the doors. and a little girl, quite a wee madam. Says at the top of the stairs And that look Do you really want to know Why we decided on SCAR? I said yes Why do you want to know? I said because when I get back to the office They'll ask me And if I don't know You know I'll look stupid Oh well We better not have you looking stupid then She says I said alright She says it was my idea So everything's nice and jolly you know. I said alright I said why was it your idea? Well, my two cousins were killed in a car accident and the air ambulance arrived and they managed to bring my older cousin back to life. 
Oh my and that, word! And that that young girl and her class raised a lot of money, and that whole family have raised a lot of money for Ska as well. So we get it in various ways. I did a talk to a group. That is um, such a touching story, though. You know that really know. touches people's hearts. It touched me. You know, <laughs> me. My, you know, my two cousins were, and I went, "Oh, for goodness' sake!" But um, her actual, her granddad has actually been on Scotland's talking, talking about it. He came on as uh, out of the blue. Um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a reasonably well known story, but you know, for those who don't, I won't it's go too, an too into it. Incredible story. I mean, I, it would be very difficult, I suppose, to answer this question. But what's the most rewarding part, you know, for you? You do this because it's in your bones. You've said that volunteering, and of course, all the work you've done for caring for kids, cash for kids. So that is in your bones. What is the most rewarding part for you doing this, though? I just enjoy it when people enjoy what I've been doing. If I come away from a group that have been enthusiastic about it, um, who've said they will do something. If I've managed to get some volunteers out of it, that's great. You know, I mean, last week I was in Ayrshire and, you know, I, I, I said, we need a volunteer in this area, you know. So if you think you can be a volunteer speaker or we have collecting cans in a big national chain of stores there in every every cash register and we need somebody in this area to go to the Kilmarnock store and take the cans away every six weeks and put empty ones in. Would anybody like to volunteer? So getting somebody from that, you know, we're a young charity. We've only been going since 2013. So we need to build up awareness. And if people feel they can help, then then that's great. It's fantastic. And and I think, you know, when you when I get some money, yeah, that's, that's very nice. But there was one that I went to to do a talk to. Uh, I won't mention the group, but um, they were great on the night. Exactly. You know, I told them as it was, and they were very interested in it. And what do you say? How do you start your 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 talk? Hi, um, hi, I'm Ali. Hi, I'm Ali. Um, up here is a slideshow that some people will call "Death by PowerPoint." <laughs> you will not fall asleep during my talk because at the end of it. I ask you the questions, you don't ask me, so you better sit up and pay attention. Okay, all right, I'm okay, so good, okay. So they do. Um, but, so that's how we get started, you know, and it depends who the group is. But um, uh, this particular group was great, as I say, went away uh, and that was it. I'd had a rotten day because the car that I'd taken down to this particular uh, talk had broken down on the way down and it was just, you know, a nightmare. One of those uh, days. Yeah, so they were good, they were very good indeed. Uh, three months later, uh, the scalp has got a letter in from a gentleman which just said he'd been at this particular talk uh, very impressed uh, by what I'd said and had noted that it cost £2,000 a time to go up in the, the sky and uh, he enclosed a cheque which hopefully would cover five missions he'd enclosed a cheque for £10,000 That is what I'm talking about that you agree at is impactful anyone can go out and do a talk but it's when people leave and they want to do something that's what makes the difference and you've told me I know behind scenes lots of stories of you know, ladies, gentlemen saying there's a, there's a cheque for £50 or £100 that is what a tremendous story that must be so rewarding for you. Of course it is. It was great for the, when I got the call from the office, they yeah. were just over the moon, you know, this is amazing. What did you say to them? I said, that's my secret. <laughs> I was just going to say that the, the next thing probably would be for you, for me to ask you your secret would be, well, you have to come to one of my talks. Yeah, I, I, you know, it was, it was interesting. I, I, I stood in for someone recently um, who couldn't make it. And uh, at the end of it, there was just something that he would have done that I wouldn't do. And 
you know, that he would do that. I wouldn't. So it's just different ways of doing it. And and I think I leave people with a message. And that's it. I mean, I, you go back to when this was first talked about, 2012, um, when they come back and thought to himself, let's start this up. And then, of course, you know, trying to sell it to the organisations, trying to sell it to uh, the stakeholders, as it's called, you know. Scottish government, oh, we've no money, we can't put a helicopter up, you know, that's everything. Um, so we get up there and do it. And, and there was obviously that, oh, it, won't, it, won't be, it won't be required, you know, no, nobody needs this. Well, up until when we're talking at the moment, we went through earlier, um, a month, uh, yeah, about a month ago, we went through the 2,000 rescues. And as I sit here today, it's sitting at 2,027 rescues. That's how many times we've been up. Can't save everyone. Yes, of course, there are people who haven't made it and have died. And a lot of their relations go and and uh, raise money for us as well. And so, you know, but 2,027 minutes. And, and where we are at the moment in, in Perth, we're uh, within 25 minutes of reaching 90% of Scotland's population. So, it's, you know, it's, 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 clearly there's a demand. There is a demand. And because of that demand, we last year, in uh, May, I think it was April, May last year, we launched a £6 million campaign to build a second helicopter in the sky. Now, the reason for £6 million, when I say it costs £2 million a year, was to make sure that it's guaranteed for three years to give it a chance to get established. Um, so that is ongoing at the moment. Um, it has been decided by the health authorities and the ambulance service, we said, we'll do this, so you tell us where you want it to be located. So they've come back and they've said they want this uh, new air ambulance to be located in Aberdeen. So that's where it will go. Um, and I would think the way the fundraising is going at the moment, don't hold me to it, but I would think that it should be based in Aberdeen and launched certainly by the end of this year. That's fantastic. What would you personally like to see, you know, move the direction for, for SCA? What would you like to see the next thing happen? I think the, the fact that it's going to a second helicopter is great. Um, many people say you should get government funding. I wouldn't. I would say leave it as it is. You know, the government have got other places to put money. This was uh, volunteers who decided to set this up. Um, it is financially viable. It is working. The public of Scotland support it uh, financially and by doing other things, by going out and speaking mm. like me or volunteering at events, rattling cans at football matches, um, putting money in the tins at the cash registers of various shops. Um, so it is what it is and we're doing well. So we don't need government interference. Wow, what a statement. I If you've been listening to this and you've really enjoyed this and you would like to book Ali, then you can contact Ali. Get him out to oh, do one of your... To- I'm pimping you out here. You are indeed. <laughs> uh, you can contact Ali via... Uh, just get in touch with the SCA uh, office and just go onto the website or Facebook, uh, SCA.org.uk. Um, you'll find all the details on there. Katrina is a lovely lady in the office who looks after me and my other speakers and makes sure we we actually arrive where we should be at the right time. So she takes all the bookings. And not by ambulance, obviously. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, One thing is that I have a a complete fear of helicopters. I don't like helicopters at all. Um, I I had a couple of instances in helicopters that just put me off them. So when I go up, I've looked inside the helicopter, you know, so I know what I'm talking about when I'm out talking, um, but I don't want to go in one. They often, you know, so I'm the ideal person uh, because, you know, I I don't want to be uh, an air ambulance 
helicopter. Yeah, Ali's not going to be there as a paramedic no, in case. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, although there was, there was at one of my talks, I was in the middle of a talk and uh, this lady nudged me and she says, excuse me, Ali, yes. Yeah. can you stop for a minute and go and see to Annie? And I said, where's Annie? She says, she's the one over there that's collapsed. And she had collapsed in the middle of my talk. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm a speaker, not a paramedic. Where's the phone? Let's get... So we've got the ambulance to her. And the paramedic smiled when he walked in and noticed my presentation up on the screen. Just just assuming. Uh, Ali, it's always a joy to chat to you. Thanks so much for chatting to me. And please, uh, Katrine, your phone is going to be very busy. I hope it's going to be busy with uh, Ali getting lots of bookings and spreading the wonderful word, genuine, the wonderful word of what of ska and what they do. Just brilliant. Thanks, Ali. Thank you. Gina, life, love and laughter. Like and share us and come back for the next episode next week.